It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. As a seminarian, you're not praying as a priest, then it seems I would feel kind of like a fraud. Dealing with the challenges. The thing that has helped me the most with celibacy is thinking of it as sacrifice. Finding the beauty. You know, and then when, you know, my family, you know, maybe doesn't like some of the things I say, I, was, I, I remind them, well, no prophet is accepted in his native place. So. <laughs> this is the Nash Vocations Podcast, adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Hey, how you doing? This is Justin Farr. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Nashville. And welcome to the Nash Vocations Podcast. Uh, it's good to be with you uh, wherever you happen to be and whatever time of day it happens to be. So thank you for joining us today. And so today we not only have myself, Justin Farr, as your host, we also have... So my name is Brent. I'm a seminarian for Diocese of Nashville. And I am in third theology here at St. Minred. But I am also uh, co-sponsored with the Archdiocese of Military Services. And basically what that means is that I'm also part of the uh, the diocese that supplies uh, chaplains to the armed forces. And so I'm co-sponsored to, God willing, one day be a chaplain in the Air Force. Yeah, thank you for the introduction, Brent. And uh, and, and just... Like uh, I forgot, like Brent, he's joining us for the first time in one of these podcast episodes. So we definitely wanted to give him enough time to um, like give him a, a good introduction so you can get to know him as well as you have got to as you have gotten to know some of us. So now we have Seth Reed. Y'all have uh, heard my voice before. And Oscar Romero. Also, I've been here before. And before we begin, I want to. Again, just give a little proviso about like where our location is and, and where we are uh, recording this podcast. We are recording it at St. Mondrad Seminary and School of Theology. And this is not only a seminary and a school of theology, but it's also a monastery. So, again, b- bells regularly go off on the hour, on the half hour, on the quarter hour. So, like, it's going to, so you're going to hear, you're going to hear, hear some bells going on, going off and maybe hearing some, uh, seminarians kind of coming in and out of their room and everything. So I get just to kind of give you a setting of where we are. And so today's topic is about prayer and we're going to be just having a nice round table discussion about prayer and uh, especially given, given our uh, prayer from the perspective of seminarians. And so I think as we begin our talk about prayer, it, it, it's really helpful, helpful even to define what prayer is. Like, like any good uh, philosopher should. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it right there. And so, again, it's helpful to define our terms that we're going to be using to, to define what prayer is. Because, again, we throw that word around, but sometimes we got to take a step back and kind of figure out, okay, what is funda- what is fundamentally the thing that we're dealing with? And so I just want to kind of just open up the question to, to the guys here. Um, what is prayer? How would you define prayer? I mean, uh, one of the things I remember, I don't know what saint it was, but some saint said uh, it's lifting up our hearts and minds to God. I guess that would be kind of a basic definition of it. 
and isn't it's a it's a time of relationship a time to build relationship with the lord uh a time for you to from i think many of the saints have said it uh speak heart to heart so it's a time for him to get to know your heart and for you to get hit no to get hit no yes yeah um just kind of going along with that you know what uh you're saying as far as relationships like in any relationship like any relationship i have with you know any of my friends or family you know there has to be communi- you know communication which is that's key so that's basically what what prayer is it's you know communicating you know with god and in order to have that relationship with him like that communication is is, is needed oh yeah definitely would agree with that and especially communication is definitely key for any relationship especially any relationship to work there has to be communication mm-hmm. has to be a, a, a genuine back and forth between one another now again y'all touched on this as y'all gave y'all descriptions of what prayer is and so but let's dive a little bit deeper and talk about again now that we know what prayer is then the next question that comes to mind is why exactly do we pray and why exactly do we try to have this type of communication with someone that we can't see? I think even even for me as a person in the seminary and even those who maybe outside the seminary, you know, people in the parish, people, youth groups and stuff and other community members, um, it's a time to quiet yourself. I think for the most important thing, it's to quiet yourself um kind of block everything around you and it's a mo- it's a moment to spend where you have a a dialogue not a dialogue with the, of course you can have a dialogue with your parents with your mom with your friends but this is more of an intimate uh dialogue dialogue with um and i think uh, many of the desert fathers have talked about it it's with him who created us with him who love us and I think um, this time it's we do this in order to know him and for him to know us. Yeah, and uh, I think Oscar makes a great point, but also too, just I mean, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us, right? I mean, if Jesus goes up on the mountain and prays by himself, why shouldn't we take his lead? Because he is what we're supposed to take our lead in everything. I mean, even Mary, she ponders all those things in our heart. So if Jesus does it and Mary does it, like, why aren't we? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a very good point to make. And, and very, like, put it white and simple. Like, if Jesus prayed and he gave an example of prayer, then we should definitely pray as well. And especially uh, Jesus having that relationship to the Father, he, in his divinity and humanity, went to pray uh, to the Father. Um, yeah, just one thing that I was thinking about, um, you know, when, when Christ, when he was you know, in the garden and, you know, he, he found that the disciples were, you know, sleeping during this you know, the time when, you know, Christ was going through this really difficult time of, you know, just, you know, about to be crucified. Um, you know, he basically told the apostles, you know, like, you know, couldn't you just, you know, watch with me one hour, just basically saying, you know, kind of like calling us yeah, to that life of prayer. You know, can't you just kind of like going along with doing like a holy hour? Like, can't you just, you know, give me this one hour out of your day all right good like uh, i think um, another thing i was thinking about as i was talking um um especially in relationship to um jesus and his father and he prayed to 
prayed to God. He, he was God praying to God in a way. But of course, we understand in our, in our understanding of Trinity is, again, Jesus is a distinct person from the Father, but yet he still prayed. Like, I mean, uh, what do you guys think about the relationship that, I mean, we think about, uh, since we are imitators of Christ, like, like can y'all like um, kind of, do y'all have any thoughts on, okay, since, we we are called to have a relationship with the Father in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus had when he was on earth; I mean, he, he eternally has a relationship with the Father. But when he became man, he 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 continued in another way that relationship with the Father. He even had a different added a different dynamic of his relationship to the Father by being man. Can we like what are your thoughts about the type of prayer life that Jesus had when he was in when he was praying to the Father? I think this is especially coming from a, from a place that we're far from the, from our families. Uh, I mean right now we're here in the seminary. We're not close to our parents. And still, we're able to call them. We're able to talk to them. Uh, thankfully, we, we get to see them through through this technology now. And I think even, I mean, even as Jesus was here and the Father was in heaven, there was still that connection. As us, we still have the connection with our parents, with our friends, uh, even with our vocation director. Even though we're far away from, from, from Nashville and we're in a different place. I think it's also important, too, to look at the times when Jesus does go and pray. Like he's always going up to the mountain to pray by himself or he's always going off to another area by himself and he's secluding himself. But at what points is that happening? It's happening when a big decision has to be made. He goes and prays before he chooses the 12. He goes and prays up on the mountain after he's exhausted, after he's multiplied the breads and the bread and the fish. So he's always praying after a big decision or he's praying before a big decision or he's praying after he's just exhausted. So Oscar, I think, hits on a very good point. It's about that relationship. The father is the person who he goes to for his, his rehabilitation in a sense, like maybe you go to your best friend or maybe you go to your mom or maybe you go to your dad, but Jesus went to his father. That's the guy who he went to is like, Hey man, like I'm really tired. I don't know what to do. Like, what should I do? God, like, what should I do? Father Abba, help me. I, I really don't know what to do in this situation. I mean, I think that's if we look at it in his humanity. Now we can't separate his humanity from his divinity because we don't want to become heretics. But that's always really confusing, isn't it? To try to like talk about Jesus, but he is God, but he's also man. So it's kind of confusing. So it's it's odd. But I think that's a really good question, Justin. It's but it's it's hard to talk about because it's so hard to think about. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to think about what you were just uh, what Seth was just you know, touching on. You know, Christ. You know, he's he's human and he's divine, and basically, um, no, he's showing us like through the scriptures that. Um, yeah, even though, like, and nothing was, you know, lost, you know, by him, you know, coming down like to this earth, you know, as in that, um, human form, but he's showing us uh, like as, as humans. Yeah. We're, uh, we're called to pray to our creator, to, to our father. And he's, he's a great, you know, example of showing us yeah, how to pray. Cause this is this, the, the son of God doing this. And. There's one thing uh, I think Seth kind of talked about in regards to prayer in, in relationship to Jesus is that is that when he mentioned the that the issue of difficulty and and when there's difficulties in our lives we 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 want to pray to God 
And but just as the times themselves that we may be going to going through are difficult, sometimes the very act of prayer itself can be difficult. It's like we we face hard and tough times and then we were brought to our very knees or we or or the pastor at church says, oh, we need to pray or we hear thing. Or we hear somebody said we need to pray. We pray and we need to we need to pray. But OK, then that naturally sparks up the question of how exactly does one pray? And if I don't know how to pray, how do I go about doing that? You know, Justin, before we get into that, just I want to make a point, too, that we often come to God when we have trouble. But that shouldn't be the only time that we come to God. And for and we don't want to be the type of Christian that does do that, where something's going bad. And that's when we turn to God. But when everything's good and happy, we don't ever talk to God at all. As Christians, as Catholics, we need to always pray, as St. Paul says. And in the Psalms, I pray seven times a day. So, like, don't think that, oh, yeah, I only pray when something bad happens. No, we should be praying constantly in good times and bad times with thanksgiving and with petitions. And I think this ties up with um, how to pray, too, uh, because, I mean, of course, when when you have a when you're in trouble, you come and the first thing you might want to think of it. Oh yeah, maybe I should pray. But I think even coming from our our Catholic tradition, where we have many saints who show us how to have a conversation with God, uh, and many of them say, you know, any any time you wake up, just give thanks to God that you that you are that you're waking up. The give God your day, that the day that you're gonna have. Uh, when you go to sleep, give thanks to God for what he has given you. And it's going to be sometimes even if you're not, uh, if you don't know how to pray, uh, maybe just start with, you know, thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me to to start another day. Hope I hope that you stay with me throughout the day and whatever good I do, I want to give it to you. And again, at night, you know, you can say, you know, thank you, God, for having for giving me an, another day. And may God, may, may I follow your will another day. Just as simple as that. It's, and it has, it does, you don't have to be in trouble in order to go and pray to the Father. Mm-hmm. I think also, too, is that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, those listening to this podcast are probably discerning a call to the priesthood or thinking about doing so, or you may be discerning a call to religious life. Or you may even just be a mom or dad listening to this, or you could just be some random Joe off the street. I don't know. But you're probably listening to this for some reason because you're probably thinking about seminary or religious life. So don't be afraid. Like, I don't know how to pray. I, I can't go. Like, I need to learn how to pray before I can go. No, that's that's not true at all. When you get to seminary, when you get to your religious order or or whatever, when you get a spiritual director, which we'll talk about later, but when you get to that point, they will help you learn how to pray. And that's something that's very important is that Everybody prays differently. Like Oscar's saying, like you begin small and then you work your way up. Like nobody's going to come off as John of the Cross or Teresa of Avila or Therese of Lisieux. Like that's just not going to happen. You're not going to go into the chapel one day. All right, Jesus, I'm here, baby. Let's go. Me and you, where I'm going to have some divine revelations and we're going to get it on, man. We're going to start talking and stuff. Like it's going to be great. It's going to be like Teresa of Avila in the heart and arrow. And it's going to be awesome. No, that's not going to happen. Like most of the time when you pray, like it's silence from God and from you. And then other times, like, it's great. It's a real conversation. And it takes time and patience. That's the most important thing, uh, that you have the time. And even when you don't have the time, 
even if you're running around, just have a little patience. Create your own time where you say, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to stay quiet and hopefully I get a chance to, to speak with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys have uh, touched up, touched upon some some key things. I think that, uh, and even for me, um, before I came to the Diocese of Nashville, I was a uh, religious. I was in a uh, religious order. And um, so, and they kind of have like their own, in some sense, um, charism and and uh, in, in how they pray. Uh, so like, for example, I, I remember like when I first entered um, the order that I was with, um, they're very Ignatian in their spirituality. And I hated an Ignatian spirituality. I mean, I can't say, I mean, that's a strong word, but... I just liked it a lot. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but you I just still, said you didn't. <laughs> You're but, a man uh, of duplicity, Prince. <laughs> um, but I, I remember right before I took my um, uh, first vows, um, I uh, we had to do a retreat, and it was Ignatian style retreat, and that was our first um, Ignatian type style retreat. Uh, well, it was mine as a Marian, and I'll still never forget that retreat to this day because that was probably. The by going into it, I didn't have the greatest um, attitude, um, but afterwards, that was, you know, God had a sense of humor. That was probably one of the best retreats, you know, I've I've ever been on. It was a huge blessing. So yeah, there's different um, people pray differently. I actually learned that you know I like the Ignatian type style of praying, but there's different different types of you know using um, um, prayers and scripture. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, Oscar and Seth touched on a very important part that prayer prayer is not just us saying stuff to God, but that a big component. In fact, the spiritual writers like the the like the the some like the most uh, mystical of the saints when the saints describe the heights of the spiritual life and the and the and the progressive levels of prayer things get a little bit silent when mm-hmm. it comes to progressing those higher um, steps of prayer and that vocal prayer, us just saying things to one another, like thus just vocalizing is that is, is actually at the lower end of prayer. And so um, silence is not a bad thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. like I think it'd be helpful to say silence is not a bad thing when you come to God and maybe you don't know what to say, maybe that's maybe that's part of it is yep. that you just allow yourself to simply be with God and, and um, you know, keep you know, wait, uh, Oscar. Well, for, for the Hispanic culture and the, in the, in the Spanish language, uh, the word for prayer means uh, oración, which means uh, a, almost a conversation, which uh, now that you, they were talking about it. Uh, sometimes you don't have the words that you might want to express, but maybe this is that was that's not your time to speak. Maybe it's your your time to listen. Maybe it's the time where you have to just. Uh, I know sometimes we we want to talk all the time, but that's when sometimes we have to, we need to work a little bit more patience with ourselves, and you know, and say you know what I need to probably start start listening to other people. Maybe start listening to the Lord. And start and stop doing the the conversation and start stop doing the oración, which is the the words. Yeah, like one of my favorite types of way to pray is uh, lexio divina, 
and that has about five steps. I don't know what they all are, but basically you read the scriptures, you read it again, and then something sticks out to you that maybe is just your own insanity, or maybe it's the Holy Spirit moving you towards that particular word or that phrase or that scripture passage. But then you stop and you talk to God about it, and you kind of let your mind wander and go into a particular area. God's leading you, or maybe he's not, but hopefully we, we think it's God. We, we hope it's God that it's leading us in this. But eventually, after you get through doing that, you don't have anything else to say. So what do you do? You sit in the silence, and you let God work on you. And you trust in God that maybe he's going to talk to you in a whispering of the wind, or maybe it's just going to be complete silence, and he's just healing you. And he's just loving you in that moment. And you've done all you need to do. And for the next 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, you just sit there in silence. And maybe every now and then when your mind starts to wonder, you go back to your scripture and like, okay, I'm going to repeat this phrase just for a little bit. So I'm not thinking about what's for dinner or how bad I have to go to the bathroom or whatever. And I think there is, um, you know, talking about all the different like Teresa of Avila and Teresa of Lisieux, I think there is a certain sense of fear. Um, when guys, like if they don't know how to pray and they think about the lives of the saints and their life of prayer, um, they think, that, yeah, that saint had an intense um, prayer life. So I think in some ways, if someone is comparing um, themselves to another person, like say as uh, a saint, um, that can be a cause for discouragement, and which obviously, you know, we don't want to be you know discouraged and we shouldn't compare ourselves you know, to others. And my sister has a saying, you know, you know, compare despair. Um, that's something we shouldn't do. But I think that's also, it's a temptation for us to think that in some sense, in order to start to have a life of prayer, we already need to be holy. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that's a huge, um, temptation for people today when they think about, yeah, these great saints who had these um, really close relationships with God. And I think, you know, even now having the saints um, in our conversation, I think we have to understand that everyone started in the with the basics, which is the basics, which is just starting just to acknowledge that God is in your life. Um, in even Teresa of Avila says, you know, you need to go into the interior castle. And in order to do that, you need to start at least to pray. Then after that, and, and uh, Teresa of Avila, she, she wrote this book for her uh, religious sisters. And, and even uh, Teresa Lisieux, the little way, start with the small stuff. Uh, don't, I mean, of course, who doesn't want to be uh, St. John of the Cross, Teresa of Lisieux, but, uh, you know, in order to work, you need to put the work to it. You need to have, to build a good habit. Um, and that actually takes uh, a lot of work and a lot of patience. Um, but always start with whatever you can and then move to something bigger. Um, and of course, it, it might take time. It takes probably a couple of years. Um, but just continuing, continuing and building good habits, a, a good, ha you know, praying, it's a good habit to have um i think that's something that we need to start building up upon ourselves even if i'm deciding to enter seminary even if i decide not to enter seminary i think just the fact that you're doing prayer it's a good habit yeah i mean you talk about like the work that that it takes like the, the, like the effort that it takes to have a life of prayer and to uh have to be with god in that prayer and 
a, there's a lot of parallels between just us being like it's it's kind of the same thing of us having a relationship with with anybody else um and i think we can have the tendency of bracketing god in the sense that we 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 have a relationship here's our relationships with every other person and by person i mean a human being here's our relationship with human beings Here's our relationship. And then on one side, then on the other side, here is our relationship with God. And, and, and we can kind of hold, hold each other, hold both of those aspects off in a distance to where we don't see the parallels that are between the two. And there's gotta be parallels between the two, because whether you're talking to human beings or whether you're talking to God, you're talking to persons and within, and God himself is personhood he is what it means to be a person so there's going to be necessary reflections of god and within our relationship with other persons because god is in himself what it means to be person in his triune unity of persons and so um but of course there's a deep connection between each other like between the two and what are some parallels between the, that you can think of between building a relationship with God and building a relationship t- with with other human beings? I think like <clears throat> a good analogy is like, say I get married, some woman, and like, you know, I only ever talk to her when I'm having a bad day. I don't ever talk to her for any other reason except when I'm having a bad day. That'd be like a good analogy, <laughs> like... Yeah, like, honey, yeah, I don't really care about you right now. I'm just, I'm having a great day right now, but yeah, I don't need to talk to you. Oh, no, honey, it was, it was a terrible day. So let's, let's sit down and talk for about an hour and then I'll be done with you. I don't ever have to talk to you again until the next bad day happens. Nas Vocations podcast and has been about prayer. And we, and, and, and to know that again, we pray for you as well. We, we always pray for you every day. We remember you in the Diocese of Nashville. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville. Shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com.